Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Okay, who's ready to get into the Word for a little bit tonight? (laughs) I am excited to wrap up (laughs) this message. Um, It's been kind of an ongoing thing, uh, but I've, I've had a lot of fun digging into these scriptures from Romans 12. Um, just learning about what we call the body gifts or these um, functions, as we have been calling them throughout this, these functions that everyone can operate in within the body, that everybody has a place in. And we've been talking about finding our places, okay? So I want to go back over a few things in this scripture uh, before we get into this last Uh, last function we're going to talk about. Um, So if you want to follow along with me, we're in Romans chapter 12. And, you know, before Holy Spirit starts unveiling or unfolding this word to the body, um, he gives a little bit of a warning at the beginning. And if you remember the very first time we started this, we read over that In the ESV, it says, um, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And in the Passion Translation, it's pretty good, it says, God has given me a grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance, not lack in authenticity. That's my words. Um, Instead, honestly assess your worth by using the God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. So, you know, as the Lord has given this warning about pride, um, I had dug up, and I'm going to read it one more time for us, Uh, In the Holman Bible Dictionary, uh, there's a really good um, in-depth definition of pride. Uh, It says, it is undue confidence in and attention to one's own skills, accomplishments, state, possessions, or position. Pride is easier to recognize than to define, easier to recognize in others than in oneself. Isn't that the truth? Many biblical words describe this concept, each with its own emphasis. Some of the synonyms for pride include arrogance, presumption, conceit, self-satisfaction, boasting, and high-mindedness. It is the opposite of humility, the proper attitude one should have in relation to God. Pride is rebellion against God because it attributes to self the honor and glory that is only due to God. Proud persons do not think it necessary to ask forgiveness because they do not admit their sinful condition. This attitude toward God finds expression in one's attitude towards others, often causing people to have a low estimate of the ability and worth of others, therefore to treat them with either contempt or cruelty. Some have considered pride to be the root and essence of sin. Others consider it to be sin in its final form. In either case, it is a grievous sin. So... There's a very in-depth definition of pride, um, one of the most dangerous things, and that is the first thing that Holy Spirit warns us about as he goes into talking about the body, because 
<laughs> the thing is, is that as we function as the body, pride will get in the way of it every time. Um, let's see, I had something written about pride here, about it being a disease. Uh, and it, Oh, this is what it says. It emphasizes the plight of the one who has been blinded by personal pride. Uh, in Second Timothy, it says uh, to wrap in smoke. That's the word that is translated as pride. It means to wrap in smoke. It's all an illusion, you know, and it, it blinds the person who is walking in pride to the fact that they are walking in pride. Um, but it also, within the body, it's like a disease, and it weakens the body, and it makes us unable to function in the fullness of what we're supposed to function in. So, you know, that's just something anytime we're considering how does God want us to work within the body, you know, let's take a long, hard look at is there any, is there any pride getting in the way? Is there any pride messing up what God's trying to do in me? Um, so the final... The final uh, grace gift here, the final function in the body that we're going to cover is Romans 12:8, and it's at the end of that verse. It says, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Um, in the Passion Translation, it says, and if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So this doing acts of mercy or showing compassion, as some say it, uh, it's the final function listed here. It is a Greek word that makes it evident that this is an action. These are not just words. This is an outflow. Okay, so these acts of mercy, this compassion, it has to be an action or an outflow to the person, not just words. Um, and I have marked James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17 says, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. So we see this gift involves action. You know, this is not just feeling sorry for someone or just telling someone, like, oh, that's really sad, you know, that situation you're in, I, I'm so sorry you're in that, and does nothing, okay? So that's where we're going to look to our example in this gift of acts of mercy and um, Jesus. And, you know, that word that means cheerfully, uh, that Greek word means cheerful readiness. It is an attitude that is ready to respond from a willing spirit. So this is not someone who has a martyr complex, you know, and that is oftentimes when there's acts of mercy, when there's, you know, good deeds being done, um, sometimes the attitude behind it can be uh, done with kind of an act of, um, or an attitude of a martyr, like, oh, look what I have done. I can't believe, you know, it took so much for me to do this. <laughs> and that's not the attitude that's behind this. It's a cheerful willingness. It is an excitement like, oh, Lord, I get to. I get to be a blessing. I get to do these things. And it doesn't need any recognition. Um, so many times the scripture tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. That was the motivation in Jesus 
to go out and do things. He always followed through, though, with action. He never left it there. He didn't just feel compassion. He allowed the compassion to move him to demonstrate God's power. Um, it's a supernatural answer to a natural problem. Okay, so uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. I'm going to read this out of the Passion as well. It says, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. So that's how Jesus saw the people. He had great compassion on where they were, on what they lacked, on what they needed. And then he did what he demonstrated, the power of God, by meeting those needs, by setting them free, by getting to the roots of the problems. Um, We see that Jesus was about the master's business, walking in his calling, and he looked upon the people with compassion, seeing that emptiness, that helplessness, that confusion, but he didn't just feel sorry for them. He offered them answers. He demonstrated God's mercy through healing and delivering. These are supernatural things that cannot be done in the natural. Um, When Jesus fed the multitudes, he did so out of compassion for the people who had spent all day following him and who hadn't had anything to eat. He was looking beyond his own needs and seeing the needs of those around him, even if it wasn't his need. Uh, The action was always supernatural. Why? Because God always got the glory. You know, when, when we demonstrate that supernatural power of God as a demonstration to people, it shows them, I can't do this. My God does this. He's the one. He's the one who's giving you this healing. He's the one who's providing you with what you need. It's all from him. Often, you know, we can see needs that we can relate to because maybe we're in the same boat, so we feel that compassion for a person. But when a person is functioning in this gift of acts of mercy, uh, they can see others' pain, others' hunger, others' needs, even if they aren't in the same boat, even if they're not experiencing the same thing. They can see those things, and they can think, okay, the Lord... The Lord's asking me to meet that need. The Lord's asking me to help this person, to reach out to this person. They have a special gift for spreading the love of God through the power of God without feeling like a martyr, okay? Uh, There's a cheerfulness and eager willingness to put others first. It's an attribute that, like all of these we've said, all believers should walk in this to some extent, but you will see a special anointing and ability that goes beyond the average believer, you know, when you see this gift in operation. So these people can't just feel sorry for people and leave them as they are. They're motivated and empowered to act, to demonstrate, to change the situation by God's power working through them. Uh, People who operate in this function, they are ones who are going to people's houses, going to hospitals, laying hands on them because they have compassion because they know God's power is flowing through them. And if they can just get to these people and get their hands laid on them and, you know, have faith, connect, that there will be 
mighty power flowing. There will be a demonstration of what only God can do. Uh, they'll encounter people on the street and offer them answers and demonstrate the power of God to them. Maybe they're going to, you know, encounter someone on the street who needs deliverance. They're not just going to leave them there. They're going to talk to them, have compassion on them, see what the need is. It's a relational thing, but then also it is a power thing. It is a offering them that demonstration that is only from the Lord. Um, you know, there's many in the world who are doing acts of mercy without the empowerment of the Spirit. Uh, they can meet physical needs, but they fall far short of what Jesus was able to do. Um, there are many charities that feed, that clothe, that house people, but they are unable to heal, to deliver, to save for eternity. They can't offer people those things. You know, only through the power of God can those things be offered, and that is where, you know, every single one of these gifts is a supernatural empowerment. It is nothing that we can do by our own strength. Um, the world desperately needs the supernatural, and people can't take credit for the things that only God can do. So we need to just see that these acts of mercy, they are vital. They are vital in the body of Christ. They are, um, they are not, it's not a gift that uh, we think little of or, you know, that we need to, we need to be thankful. When we see these gifts operating in people, we need to um, have a recognition uh, have an awareness. Say, oh, you know, sometimes it takes you going up and encouraging someone and saying, look, I see this in you. You know, I see you operating in this. You know, and that's something we as a body, as we are learning to function in these things, as we are learning to find our place together, you know, we all need to be uh, not only looking for what about me, what about me, what am I going to be, but we're looking for it in each other. And we're saying, you know, I really see this strong in you. That's, that's amazing what God's put in you. You know, encourage them to function in it. Um, all the function we've talked about are much more than the world's sad versions and counterfeits. You know, because every one of these gifts, there can be a worldly way of doing it. And it's not empowered by God and it's not supernatural. Uh, they, but everything that is in this scripture here they all have kingdom definitions and supernatural outflows and anointings. They're set apart and they're sanctified from the world's versions, from prophecy to service to teaching to exhorting to contributing to leading to doing acts of mercy, all require the grace and the power of God to function. We cannot function properly by our own strength. We cannot offer things that the world can't give by our own strength. As we find our place and we start seeking God, on how he wants us to operate um, in these functions, uh, then we're gonna, we're gonna strengthen the body. You know, we're gonna see not only does it help us, you know, we're gonna be helped by finding our place and by getting strengthened in our function, but just like we talked about, the human body, every part, when it's working properly, it helps all the other parts work properly as well. It's not just for itself. Um, you know, we'll grow and we'll improve and we'll build up the body together. Uh, and that's the purpose, that the body should constantly be growing and going deeper with God. And it makes us more fruitful as the body. You know, we are going to be much more productive, much more fruitful as we get healthier, as we find our place, as we are functioning in our place. Um, you know, I just want to, to end by, by reading... 
a few more verses to you from the same chapter because it's, you know, it's interesting as Holy Spirit concludes, you know, these are some of the functions that I want you to walk in as the body. These are the functions that every single person in the body needs to take part in. Um, he then goes into a, uh, what the Passion calls transformed relationships. Um, and this is how we relate to each other. These are giving us boundaries and giving us instructions on how, as we are the body and we're working together, here's some really good instructions that we need to take mind of. So that's starting here in verse 9. This is Romans 12, verse 9. I'm going to read this out of the Passion, and we're going to conclude with this. It says, Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Can you imagine, guys? You know, there's verses that tell us not to be in competition in the body. This is telling us try to outdo each other. Try to outdo each other in what? Imagine if you were trying to outdo each other in respect and honor of one another. You know, what kind of environment is that going to create for us all to operate in when we're literally trying to outdo one another in that? Not trying to outdo one another in who's the best at something or, you know, but to, I'm going to out honor everybody in this church. I'm going to show so much honor. I'm going to show so much respect. You know, I'm going to value what is in each and every person in here. Imagine the environment that can create. It says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. That is how we stir each other up. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. It is exciting to serve Holy Spirit is exciting to serve the kingdom of God. There is nothing better, nothing, no better adventure on this whole earth than to serve God and to see the places he'll take you, to see the things he'll do through you. Nothing more exciting. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate. Weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you're too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. That in and of itself, plan your life in the noblest way, or around the noblest way to benefit others. Can you imagine what Christian life would be like? What people from the outside would see if we all lived by that every day? 
Do your best to live as everyone's friends. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Leave that to God's righteous judgment, for the scriptures say, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness, for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience, and God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Overcome darkness with light. You know, what a chapter (laughs) that God has given us here to instruct us on being the body. Um, I hope that for all of us, it's uh, inspired us, motivated us to find our place, to start seeking God out. You know, what do you want me to do, Lord? I just want to serve you. I don't care what that looks like. You know, to have that humility enough to not care, like it said in here, to be able to do any menial task. It doesn't matter. You know, no task is too low. (laughs) Um, So whether, you know, you come in the, the church and you help us clean toilets, or you work with little kids with snotty noses, or, you know, there's so many different areas that you can contribute, that you have gifts, you have specific things that God has placed in you, and it's needed in the body. So, um, you know, I just hope that we will keep chewing on this chapter in Romans, and even that part that we read tonight that came after the gifts. You know, go back and meditate on that, Go back and, and just bit by bit take that in and study it out and, you know, see what the Lord would show you about how we're operating as a body because that's what I want us to look like, guys. You know, that is what we, what we strive for, to be pleasing to our Lord, to be pleasing to these instructions, to be obedient to these instructions he's given us. Okay, so let's, let's close for the night with prayer. Father God, we are so thankful. We're so thankful for your word. Oh, it is so rich, so full, full of wisdom, Lord, full of power, full of peace. Oh, full of every good thing, Lord, that comes down from you, the Father of lights. There's no shadow of change in you, Lord. Thank you for your perfection, your purity. Oh, thank you, Father God. Thank you that you are creating in us clean hearts. Thank you, Father God, that that we are coming before you desiring to serve you desiring to function within this body, this beautiful thing you've created. You've woven it together, Lord. You've made Jesus our head, and we have the privilege to function as his very hands and feet, to function as every part of his body, Lord. Let us see the importance, the vitality of that. Oh, thank you, Father God. We don't just come and sit to be a spectator in church, Lord that we are the church, we are participants. So thank you, Father God, for revealing things to us through your word. Thank you for just a a motivation that we want your body to be as healthy as it can possibly be, and we want it to be as fruitful as it can possibly be, Lord, so we are willing to do anything, anything you instruct us to do. We love you, Father God. It is our privilege to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.